You're listening to LeBeau's Life Lessons. Tune in and go to LeBeau'sLifeLessons.com for more episodes. Share a like, follow, and subscribe. And remember, you can change if you truly want to. Hi, everyone, and welcome to LeBeau's Life Lessons. Today, we're going to pick back up on the series I started called Willpower, 88 Secrets to Self-Discipline. So I'm going to be talking about how you can discipline yourself. Now, this is a this is much more complex than a lot of people think. And of course it is, because if it was something that everybody just understood and it was easy, then nobody would have a problem or not a lot of people have a problem with self-discipline. But this is actually a, a very deep issue. So I wanted to break it down. Now, on the first episode, I talked about what will shape our view of right and wrong and why we choose what we choose, whether it's right or wrong. So I spoke on that from a scientific neurological area, right? And psychological, okay? Now today, if you, you should go and watch that episode. Now we're gonna build upon that foundation and we're gonna talk about why you're even struggling with the issue in the first place. So many of us have chosen to work on goals this year. And so a lot of people, they say, I think about this, by the second week of February or maybe the second week of January, people, most people just give up on their goals. And there's a few random statistics that try to assert the reason why, but it's really a self-discipline issue, right? So I thought, you know what, this is a great time to start talking to people about how to rewire their brain according to how your brain works. And I can't really tell you how to rewire it if you don't understand why first. So we're building on that. Now you may wonder why is it that certain people have an easier time doing something or not doing something than others? Why is it that certain people have the ability to work out consistently and other people don't? Why is it that some people are able to kick addictions and other people can't? Have you ever wondered that? Why is it that certain people um, just seem to know what to do to get themselves on track and other people don't? Have you ever thought about that? So I want you guys to start chiming in on TikTok. We're talking about willpower today. You can give your tips, your ideas, your statistics, the things you've heard. I'm gonna be reading them out loud, putting your questions. You can ask questions like, how do you, kick this habit or that habit. The reason why I'm able to speak to this is because I used to be a drug counselor. I was a, an addiction counselor, so I know how to help people to kick addictions. All right, so we're gonna get started. And we're gonna have some more episodes coming up that's going to build upon this foundation. So we're just building as we go. Someone asks, why is it that your eyes are so hypnotic. 
because I studied hypnotherapy. That's why. All right, guys. Okay, someone said people always say they need motivation. No, you need discipline. You get consistent through discipline. That's right, goddess. She's absolutely right. Great comment. Motivation is just like emotions, right? It comes and it goes. You have to have a stronger why, but you also have to understand why you're even struggling with discipline in that area specifically. Because think about it, we all have our struggles. The person who's really good at, at staying consistent with their diet is bad at being consistent with their money. You know, and there's other pe people, vice versa, it's the same thing, right? Some people who are, who are good at um, raising children, they're bad in their intimate relationships. Certain people that have discipline when it comes to being faithful, they can't stay faithful to a diet. Some people who are, are faithful to diets can't stay faithful in a relationship. What's the issue? So that's what we're gonna be getting into today. Why, why, why? What's the difference in people? So I'm gonna tell you all about the differences in people today. Okay, just trying to get this camera right. Okay. Also, just to let you guys know, this is gonna be available everywhere you listen to podcasts. Usually by the next day, I'll have it uploaded. The first episode's already uploaded. You can learn more about me at LeBosLikeLessons.com. My episodes are up there. Anchor, Spotify, Apple, uh, Audible, any, anywhere you listen to podcasts, I'm there. I'm like one of the most consistent self-help podcasters, period. I have the most content according to my records. All right, we went through 18. Throughout the series, we're gonna go all the way to 88. All right, so um, today we're gonna go through 19 through 38, okay? All right, number 19 in the 88 secrets to self-discipline. One of the first things you have to understand about why you're dealing with what you're dealing with is because reality has many interpretations. The world you live in up here is different from the world I live in because we live in two different worlds. My reality is different from yours. That's why they say beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? Okay, so for that reason, you and I can walk into the same situation. I see opportunities, you don't. Or I see lots of obstacles, you don't. We're gonna, it's gonna be different. That shapes a lot about you. The way your reality is set up, oftentimes greatly impacts what you struggle with. So for instance, um, you, let's say you have an issue with anger, right? And that's your big thing you wanna overcome this year. Um, let's say that in your home, right? Let's say you and me are both there. 
and you keep getting angry. I see you keep getting angry at this one and that one. I see lots of different ways to handle it. You only have one or two go-tos that you deal with, how you deal with it, right? Because based on your your reality, your perception, that's, that's what you're gonna be limited in how you deal with it. And that's why you struggle. See, a lot of people who don't struggle in the area you struggle in, they don't struggle in that area because they see it differently than you do. They see it differently and they have different ways of handling it, whereas you have one way of handling it. So let's say if it's your diet, I'm gonna keep using that because that's like the most common goal. Um, let's say it's your diet. If you are a sad eater, an emotional eater, you have one main way of dealing with sadness and that's eating. Whereas somebody else who doesn't struggle with finding ways to deal with their sadness has different ways of dealing with it. You see what I mean? Some people have one goal to go to when it comes to sadness, alcohol, right? Or smoking, right? Mm -hmm. That's because they don't know any other way to handle, handle that. I don't have that issue because I know many ways of dealing with sadness. So I don't struggle. And this is the reason why we cannot demonize people based on their struggle simply because their struggle is different than ours, right? We're all hypocrites if we do that. We all have our own struggles and it's not right. If you're gonna, if you're gonna try to help the person, try to help the person, but don't look down on them because their struggle is different than yours, okay? Number 20, people see what is, in, what is on their minds. People see what is on their mind Okay, whether it's what they want, hate, love, or fear, that is what they focus on. This is why most people aren't self-aware. So let's break that down for a second. We see based on what is our dominant thought, okay? There are certain people that that first of all, let's give an example. Some people, they play the race card everywhere they go. Everything's a race issue, race issue, race issue. It's all about race. No matter what you say, somehow it becomes about race for them. Or some people, it's politics. No matter what they say, it always goes back to politics. Oh, it's cause Biden or if these mayor or that governor, okay? Because that's their most dominant thought, you see. If, 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 you know, it always comes back to what they're thinking of. If in your mind, you're the type of person who imagines that everybody's against you and people don't really like you, everywhere you go, you're gonna see haters and you're going to see what's on your mind. He don't like me, she don't like me, blah, 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 blah. You see, it's your perception. This is the reason why we cannot see all of ourselves because all we're doing is seeing based on what we think about the most. If what you think about the most is sex, everywhere you go, that's what you're gonna see. And that's your struggle, lust. You see that? 
everywhere you go, you bring lust into the room. You introduce it into the environment. Whether it's whatever you want, if you want something, that's what you see. So if in my mind, I want an opportunity at my job, I'm gonna see an opportunity if that's what I really want. People who cannot see opportunities are not looking for opportunities. Your mind will create it. It will project from your mind and you will create the opportunity you believe is there. If you don't think there's any opportunity, you will not see any, okay? Now I can harp on this. This could be a whole lesson right here, but I'm just gonna keep going. Number 21, what you see in life is sometimes based on whether you are experienced or naive. What you see is based on whether you are experienced or naive. So if, if your 12 year old says, mom, I wanna go to the mall, because their dominant, their dominant thought is clothes, fun, buying things. That's all they're gonna see the mall as, an opportunity to have fun, to buy, right? What does the parent see? Their most dominant thought most of the time is gonna be protecting their child. So what are they going to see the mall as? An opportunity for something to happen to their child. You know, I need to be there to chaperone you, right? A child that is naive cannot see the threat. The parent sees the threat. If you have gone through sexual trauma in childhood, a child being alone with strangers or somebody that you don't trust, that, that shows you a threat because you are experienced in that area. It's showing you a threat. Now, your experience can also show you opportunities as well. So when a younger person comes to you with the issue on at their job, you may be being like 10, 15 years older than them. You could say, you know what? Here's how you handle, here's this opportunity here. This is how you handle that, right? Some people are naive and that's why they can't see opportunities to change. They can't see the tools in front of them to change it. Okay, they're not even looking because you don't know what you don't know. Um, and so the one difference in people is who's naive and who is experienced. So you look at certain people and it's, don't go by age. It doesn't, it's not always determined by age. You look at certain people and say, oh, this person is younger but they're killing it in this area, right? They have experience in that area. You may, even though you're older, be naive in that area. This is why a 20-year-old personal trainer can teach a 50-year-old how to work out properly. One is experienced, one is inexperienced, okay? Number 22, naive people miss opportunities and cannot predict or interpret the moves being made around them. The moves being made. When I wrote that, I thought about in the corporate world, okay? When you're in a corporate world, there are moves being made. Can you see them? It will be 
determined by whether you are experienced or inexperienced, naive or wise. If you're wise, you can see the moves being made around you. If you're naive, you go into everything blindly. That is dictating your perception, okay? The perception you have of your environment is what dictate, dictates your motivation. If you're a naive person going into a job and somebody is using you and you don't know, you're not going to be motivated to set a boundary or stand up for yourself because you don't perceive that there's anything wrong. It's the same way as if you're in a bad relationship or abusive relationship, right? You're not going to be motivated to leave or stand up for yourself if you are too naive to see that you are in an abusive situation. So when you see people say, well, why are you struggling to leave this person? They're struggling to leave because their perception is different from yours. Number 23, we see warnings based on what we perceive the consequence to be. I'm thinking of people. Um, we see warnings based on what we perceive the consequence to be. For instance, a man who has fallen on a slippery surface will walk cautiously, okay? But a man who hasn't fallen on a slippery surface will walk recklessly. And that walk could just be how you're living. A man who does not see consequences correctly will be reckless. A person who can see a consequence clearly is going to be cautious. Pretty simple. That's a difference in people. Who sees consequences clearly? There's people who go to their early deaths because they didn't see the consequence clearly enough to save their life. Number 23, uh, 24. Our perception of people dictates how we respond to their pain. Our perception of people dictates how we respond to their pain. When we have a certain perception of someone, we may not want to react or may not feel it's necessary. Okay. So for instance, if you perceive someone to be weak or privileged, um, you don't see a need to respond to their pain. You think they should just get over it. You see, when, especially when you've gone through a lot of trauma in life, when you go through a lot of trauma, it can distort your view so when you see someone else go through something traumatic, you just like, you need to get over it. I got over this and it was way worse, right? So how we, how we look at people determines how we respond. Some people struggle 
to respond to the pain of children. Some people struggle to respond to the pain of someone who has a different skin color. Some people struggle to respond to the pain of someone who's older, younger, richer, and in some other way, just different than, than them. We don't respond correctly. So how we perceive people dictates our motivation towards them. Number 25, confidence offsets concern. Confidence. So you wonder why you or other people, you keep falling into the same trap? It may be because you're being reckless due to your confidence. You're overly confident. I had a moment like that this week. Sometimes you can get overly confident in your abilities or your position in life. And that is precisely when you slip up. When somebody feels that they're invincible, that's when it happens. When you're being sloppy, reckless, not perceiving the consequences correctly. So if you keep running into a certain confidence, consequence, look back, were you overly confident? Is that why you set yourself up to fall that, that way? Did you think nothing was gonna happen? Did you think, like I said in the last broadcast, that because it didn't happen in the past, it wasn't gonna happen ever? And just got caught up? Someone says, great live. I was just writing a book on martial arts and perception is literally what I'm writing. Mm -hmm. Number 26, how you live determines the types of patterns you see. How a situation looks, how you interpret it and how it matters to you is what determines your reaction, okay? Let me say that again, because that was a long sentence. How you live determines the type of patterns you see, okay? How a situation looks to you, how you interpret that situation, how much it matters to you, is what determines how you will respond or if you will have discipline towards it, okay? So your perception of the situation will dictate if you are disciplined or not. So if, if you keep having the same problem, your perception is off. You, you get what I mean? Your perception isn't right. If it's relationships, check your perception. If it's how you're dealing with your money, check your perception. It's not the world being against you. It's not circumstances. You're being overly confident, reckless, and your perception of the situation is incorrect. If you correct your mind, you will correct the situation.
I'm glad you're here too. Somebody said they keep missing my live. Well, since you're here, comment and, and, and interact. Number 27, good reasoning is not innate. Or what they say, uh, common sense ain't common. Good reasoning is not innate, but capacity to reason can be. Can be, not everybody has the same brain, okay? So people, another reason why many of us, hi in Los Angeles, one of the reasons why many of us deal with a struggle is because our capacity is diminished. You get what I mean? The limitations of the brain. Now, maybe you weren't diagnosed with anything, but you have your limitations. Even if you don't want to accept whatever label, you have your limitations. That's what it is, okay? If you've ever lived around a person with Alzheimer's, you understand that. We have different brains, different things that happen to the brain, how we come here with a certain type of brain. Brains have damage without even anything happening to you. The brain is, is very complex, but that will diminish your, your capacity sometimes. And I just wanna, I really want you to get this, what I'm trying to say, guys. I'm not trying to be funny when I say not everybody's on the same level mentally. You know how, you know, when I was a kid, I was an A and B student in science, writing, reading, art, and, and those were my those were my A and B. I was a C D F in math. Okay. In every aspect of life, that's how it is. Again, it goes back to not demonizing people for having a different struggle than we do. You look at people and they struggle with something and you wonder why. But why do you struggle with what you struggle with? Maybe they are strong where you are weak. Their brain is strong in an area where your brain is weak and, and the same for them. Okay, so if you see somebody who seems like they're just like, not getting it they're like they're they're losing at life they keep getting into issues they like they just don't have the capacity to live intelligently at this time it's not rocket science it's just they just don't have the capacity you think that you sometimes you wonder you're like what's wrong with this person why do you keep because they don't have the capacity right okay okay so more on 27 people need to adapt principles to govern their behavior if they intend to be successful so let me just say this no matter what your capacity is if you adapt principles to govern yourself just discipline yourself rules of thumb your own personal principles, um, that's what's best for you, okay? All of us need principles. I'm recording in Hello Studios um, in Dallas. Somebody asked me, okay? Life is too short for us to learn everything we need to learn to live successfully, okay? Um, 
So we need innately. So we need to pursue wisdom. So life is too short for you to just wing life and say, I'll just learn as I go. I don't, my perception is different. I want to get as much wisdom as possible. I want to read constantly, okay? So you can go to, a, you, you can go to a, a ocean, the ocean of wisdom that's available in this world with a teaspoon or a barrel. I want a barrel. Okay, how much wisdom do you want? You have to pursue it, okay? People with great wisdom pursue wisdom. That's why they have it. So when you think about wisdom, folk wisdom, maxims, like the quotes I'm giving you right now, um, they teach us what our short lives does not have the time to teach us. Life is so short, guys. Um, if you don't pursue wisdom and pursue principles that help you to better yourself, it's not just going to happen on accident, okay? Don't live like that. Don't live in a magical world where everything's just going to work out without any effort. The effort comes from new information that you have to feed yourself, okay? Number 28. Now that we're talking about, now, now that we understand, we laid the foundation that we have different perceptions. This is the reason why we struggle. But if we adapt principles for ourselves, if we choose to live by a certain set of rules, we can hopefully uplift ourselves out of a worse situation. Or even if you're not in a worse situation, just better yourself, right? Number 28, religion. Religion any religion, is a set of principles you've chosen to live your life by. So whatever those principles are for you, that is your religion. Okay, and I'm going to get into more of that. Number 29 is when you think about principles and when you think about religion, okay, we always bring in what's rational, right, into the conversation. What is within reason, okay? What are the things that we need to, what are the things that we're doing consciously? What are the things we're doing unconsciously, right? What's rational, irrational? Conscious and unconscious, okay? Now, when it comes to religion, a lot of people who do not have a religion at all of any kind or they think they don't, they say, this is irrational to follow these set of principles. Yet these same people follow the laws in their state, the laws of the federal government. Is it irrational to follow those? Generally speaking, surely not. We see the reasons why civilization needs to have principles to live by. And that's what I'm saying. All civilizations, no matter where you go, they have bylaws, they have policies, they have rules, they have laws. Even tribal communities have them. So what does that tell you? If you are in a civilization, meaning you're living around other people, it requires us to have a set of principles. So whether you wanna call it a religion or not, you're living by one. That's your religion, okay? If you call, um, Jesus saying, 
uh, treat people as you want to be treated as irrational. Um, maybe um, stopping at a red light is also irrational. Is it? Is it tested? Do, did we test what happens if, if you run a red light? Maybe a few times you might you may not get hurt, but you, you will eventually, right? It's the same thing if you don't treat people the way you want to be treated. Maybe you can get away with it a few times, but eventually it's going to catch up to you. What am I reading? I'm reading what I wrote for this lesson. <laughs> I'm reading my notes. Okay. Number 30. All behavior is not rational because there is no data to suggest that it is rational or correct. So you know how we have studies that come out that kind of like prove what we all knew anyway, right? Okay. Before those studies came out, we had no evidence that it was the right thing to do. You see? You see where I'm going? There was no evidence that it was right or wrong because it wasn't studied. It wasn't observable. It wasn't measurable until people decided to measure it. In their way, it's still flawed. But you see, if you are going to call religion or the Bible or anything like that irrational based on the principles because it's not studied, you would also have to question every other type of behavior you have that is also unstudied, but you do out of the faith that it is the right thing to do. So you see, we all have faith. We just all have different books that we have faith in. Okay. Government is the religion of civilization. So even if you weren't living by a religion, you are still living by the government's religion, which is you are adhering to their rules and principles. Okay. Have all the rules and principles of the government been tested to be true or to work or to be right or wrong? Hmm. Number 32 is there's no difference between government and religion following laws versus following scriptures. There's no difference. They both require faith. Neither are tested. They both are principles with the idea, the general assumption that if you follow these rules, you will be better off. Okay. Number 33, advice, threats, rules, instructions, warnings, punishments serve as an aid to develop behavior. So look at the area you're struggling in. Look at the, the area you're struggling in. Where is your advice? Where are your threats? Where are your rules? Where, where is your instruction? Where are your warnings, your punishments? 
What I'm saying is what is keeping you accountable? If there's nothing keeping you accountable, you will struggle in that area. So if you don't have the, if these things are missing from your relationship, your job, well, I don't, I, they're probably not missing from your job, but if it's missing from your relationship, your um, diet, all these things to keep you accountable, you're not going to stay accountable. Now, am I saying that no one has the intrinsic motivation to just be moral and do the right thing? Absolutely not. But we don't do the right thing all the time. That's the reason why we have these things in place to make sure that even when we don't feel like it, even though I may feel like hitting someone, the law is going to punish me. And my perception of that consequence says it's not worth it. That's why we need consequences. If you're struggling in an area, it's because you're not perceiving the consequence or you're not giving yourself a consequence. Or you don't have any advice. Where are your mentors in that area? If you have none, then that tells a lot. Number 34, instinct, intuition, and irrationality are all the same thing. Somebody said yes because you may go to jail. Instinct, intuition, and irrationality are all the same thing. It is behavior that hasn't been analyzed. Going back to the argument that something is irrational if it's never been tested. But these same people use instinct every day. You use your intuition. Are you being irrational? Yes, because it hasn't been tested. So by your own definition, you also are an irrational person. If your position is that it has to be analyzed first in order to be believed. Number 35. Intuition is how some people discern art, right? Or discern their location, right? It's not rational. It's just our instinct, right? Our intuition. It's unanalyzed presumption. This is how we, we have this um, perception of what is beautiful, what sounds good, what tastes good, right? It's unanalyzed, it's not science. It just what is, right? Do we have to put science behind everything we believe? We don't. And we, we don't. <laughs> we don't, right? If I sit down in this chair because my instinct tells me it's going to hold my weight, it takes my faith to believe that it's going to hold my weight. It's not rational. It's just a hunch. It's made out of metal. That is a belief that I hold that has not been tested or proven. Do I need to run tests to believe it? No. I hope that this point is sinking in. Number 36, we're almost done. 
And if you're just coming in, we are talking about the 88 secrets of self-discipline. First episode is already uploaded, LeBosLifeLessons.com. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, it's also on YouTube. And this one will be tomorrow as well. Number 36, faith is unanalyzed behavior. Faith is unanalyzed behavior. Okay, that's all it is. Now, if you are a believer in God, there's a scripture in the Bible that says the only thing that pleases God is our faith in him. Because everything we do is pretty much vain and for our own selfish reasons at the core. But God is impressed by faith. I've seen that throughout the Bible. God is impressed by faith. This is the reason why God will always be a mystery. You will never be able to prove the existence of God because it would be a contradiction. God will never allow himself to be proved. He's going to leave lots of different things out of the equation so that those who have faith will be distinguished from those who don't. Number 37, superstitions have no rules, okay? The reasons behind our superstitions are made up. It's just a hunch, right? Every group of people has superstitions, okay? It's very old, even religious groups. Jewish people are the most, um, Orthodox Jews are the most superstitious people, Lots of religions have superstitions. Um, somebody said the universe is proved. I have a way of proving that God exists logically that I've never said out loud. Maybe, maybe I'll get to it. Maybe I won't. Um, anyway, superstitions have no rules. The reasons behind which are made up. Superstitious people find evidence of these reinforcements. So why do people believe in superstitions? And this all ties into your discipline. Don't lose me on this. I have to lay this foundation, okay? Um, superstitious people find ways to kind of weave a web that reinforces what they believe, just like anybody else. So even though I'm not a superstitious person, I am a faith-believing person. But in the same way, we both find ways to reinforce what we think. It's the same way you can tell somebody whether or not somebody loves you. You may say, "Does this, if somebody may ask you, does your mother love you? You'll say yes. How do you know? Because this, 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 and this. These reasons reinforce my belief. Have it, has it been studied? No. Have you scientifically measured it? No. It's just a faith that you have that your mother loves you. And you may have this, the opposite. Somebody may ask you, does your mother love you? And you say, no, she doesn't. Because of this, 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 and this, and this. Is it true? We don't know. Have we tested it? No. But you believe it anyway. So... If you're the type of person who says everything has to be tested in order for you to believe it, you're lying. And that's just it. 
And finally, number 38 out of the 88 that we're going to end on today. Because we gain nothing by faith, most scientists reject it as quantifiable evidence. When I say we gain nothing by faith, what I mean is the scientific community does not gain anything by faith. And don't believe that all scientists don't are, are atheists. They're not. A lot of them are believers, by the way. Um, but because they can't learn from faith, they disregard it because it's something that they don't know how to measure. Um, and so because they don't know how to measure, they just shoo-shoo it off, okay? Um, so some science reject faith as quantifiable evidence because they can't learn from it. And they require sanctions to test the validity. But all of us, but they all have uh, rules based on old rules themselves. So my point is, the same people who disregard faith because they can't quantify it, only believe what they believe because of the prior rules that were set up that they don't even understand. So much of what we do and don't do is based on what was established before we were born. And these rules we just adhere to without question, just because that's the way things are in the world we are now. If we lived 100 years ago, it would be completely different. Our way of life would be different because societal views would be different. So there's no real basis because every scientist and atheist, let's just say atheist, every atheist has beliefs they cannot prove. They are basing beliefs that they have now on old beliefs. Um, They're basing their beliefs and actions based on things that they cannot test. And so why we have to establish that is because I want to break through the critical analytical mind. I want to break through to you. Because if you're struggling with something um, in your willpower, you, have, you don't have the willpower, and you're not going to turn to faith at all, and you don't believe in rules and making rules for yourself and principles and things like that, and you're wondering why you, keep, you can't ever overcome it. You just keep running into the same thing, right? It's because your perception that these rules have no validity because they, they haven't been tested has set you up to keep failing in the same way. Some people believe, um, some people have a problem with taking on principles, whether they're biblical or not, because to them, if there's no proof that it works, then why am I going to do that? The real issue is they don't want to make the sacrifice. Um, you're not dealing with facts with them. You're actually dealing with attitude. When it comes down to it, it's your attitude. That's what we've been talking about today. Perception, attitude. If your attitude is incorrect, you're going to struggle with the issue. So the takeaway from today's show is correct your attitude in the area you are weak. Something is wrong with your perception. Dig into that. Press into it. If you don't, 
you probably won't overcome it. So that's your homework for the week until we meet next time and go deeper into other areas. Does anybody else have any questions or comments? Press into your weakness. Look at what you, your beliefs are. Look at what you've been told. What were you told about money? What were you told about education? What were you told about being wealthy? What were you told about women? What were you told about men? What were you told about love? What were you told about um, health? What are the areas you're struggling with? You have to undo some of the wrong teachings and perceptions that you got from your environment or that was passed down to you. Because in the last episode, I talked about how your heredity dictates your default belief system. You wanna learn about that? Look at the other episode. So nobody else has anything to say? We're all good? We're all good then. All right. Well, I will see you guys next week, same time. Remember, you can change if you really want to. Bye. See you guys later. Thanks for hanging out. You've been listening to LeBeau's Life Lessons. Let's keep the discussion going. Join us on TikTok and follow. Remember to go to LeBeau'sLifeLessons.com for more episodes.